Good morning, and welcome to Current Radio. It's Thursday, January 4th. NBA teams have set collective scoring records on Wednesday night, and women's sports are driving the value of NCAA's new ESPN deal. Plus, the NCAA and ESPN inc. an eight-year $920 deal for 40 championships, and former ESPN Sage Steele slams Al Sharpton over his response to the Harvard scandal. This coverage and more, up next. Welcome to Current Radio's Sports Station. Please enjoy today's selection of sports news. Wednesday night might go down in the books as one of the most explosive scoring nights in NBA history. An unprecedented 10 out of 24 teams scored 130 or more points, setting a new record for a single night. Let's bring in our sports analyst, Helena, to unpack this. Helena, how significant is this night in the context of NBA history? Steven, it's not just significant, it's historic. Not only did 10 teams score over 130 points, but eight of those scored more than 135 and five scored more than 140. Both of these are records for a single night. This was also the first time in NBA history where four games featured teams that both scored 130 or more. The Utah Jazz's victory over the Detroit Pistons was a prime example, with the teams combining for a staggering 302 total points. That's quite a feat. And I see that four teams had multiple 30-point scorers on Wednesday night. Can you tell us more about that? Absolutely, Stephen. The Jazz had Jordan Clarkson and Laurie Markkinen. The Pistons had Cade Cunningham and Bojan Bogdanovic. The New York Knicks had Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle. And the LA Clippers had Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. This is only the fourth time in NBA history that multiple teams have had multiple 30-point scorers on the same night. It's an impressive testament to the offensive prowess on display. So, it seems like it was a tough night for fans of defensive play. Indeed, Stephen. With such high-scoring games, it's clear that the defensive strategies of many teams were overwhelmed. But that's the beauty of the game. Some nights are a showcase of defensive tactics, while others, like this one, are a celebration of offensive firepower. A celebration, indeed. Thanks for your insights, Helena. It will be interesting to see if this offensive trend continues in the upcoming games. But for now, let's turn now, let's turn our attention to a controversy that has been brewing in the world of college sports. Back in March 2021, a viral video highlighted the stark contrast between the weight room facilities for the NCAA men's and women's basketball tournaments. The NCAA's response? The women's tournament was a money loser. Helena, our sports analyst, is here to provide some insight. Helena, what's your take on this? Stephen, this is a clear example of the gender disparities that exist in college sports. The NCAA's response that the women's tournament is a money loser is not only dismissive, but also indicative of a larger issue. The resources allocated to men's and women's sports are often disproportionate, and this incident brought that fact into the spotlight. So Helena, what can be done to address these disparities? Is there a way to make the women's tournament more profitable? Or is the issue more complex than that? It's definitely a complex issue, Stephen. Making the women's tournament more profitable could involve a number of strategies, including increased marketing and promotion, better scheduling to avoid conflicts with the men's games, and more equitable distribution of resources. However, it's also about changing attitudes and perceptions about women's sports in general. It's certainly a multifaceted issue that requires a comprehensive approach. Thanks for your insights, Helena. It will be interesting to see how the NCAA responds to this ongoing controversy, especially in light of recent developments. The NCAA and ESPN have announced a significant extension to their current media rights package of 40 NCAA championships, 
including the increasingly popular Women's March Madness Tournament. The eight-year deal, valued at $920 million, will pay out an average of $115 million per year. Helena, our sports analyst, is here to unpack this. Helena, how significant is this deal? Stephen, this is a major win for the NCAA. It's triple the price of the current package, which averages $34 million per year for 29 championships. This deal will help rectify some of the NCAA's long-standing gender inequities. It's not just a renewal, as Hillary Mandel, EVP and head of the Americas for Media at IMG, puts it, it's a reset. What are some of the perks that come with this deal? The package adds 11 extra championships to the ESPN platform and guarantees more investment in storytelling. This includes long-form, documentary-style content, which is not typically part of a contractual obligation. Division I women's basketball, volleyball, gymnastics, and FCS football will continue to be featured on ABC, and ESPN will produce a total of 10 selection shows. What does this mean for the future of gender equity in the NCAA? This deal is lucrative enough for the NCAA to begin serious conversations about revenue distributions based on performance in the women's tournament. Currently, this only happens for the men's tournament. The NCAA Finance Committee is exploring the concept and will involve the rest of the NCAA members this year. The expiration date of the contract could also lead to future gender equity improvements. How did the negotiations for this deal unfold? The NCAA explored unbundling the women's basketball tournament from the rest of the championships to maximize value. However, they decided against it due to fears that other, less popular championships could be left without a home. The NCAA only had conversations with ESPN, though Endeavor spoke with other networks. The package was finalized in about two months, a timeline. ESPN SVP of College Sports Programming and Acquisitions, Nick Dawson characterizes as relatively quick. This certainly seems like a significant step towards addressing gender inequities in the NCAA. Thanks for your insights, Helena. Now, in a shift to media personalities, former ESPN host Sage Steele has been making headlines for her criticism of Reverend Al Sharpton's response to Claudine Gay's resignation from Harvard University. She's also been in dialogue with Fox News host Jesse Waters about the issue. Helena, can you give us some context here? Certainly, Stephen. Claudine Gay, who recently stepped down as Harvard University's president, has been at the center of controversy. Her resignation came 28 days after a congressional testimony about campus anti-Semitism, where she refused to categorize calls for genocide of Jews as harassment. She's also been accused of plagiarism. However, she claims to have been the victim of racist threats since hitting the headlines in October. And how does Reverend Al Sharpton fit into this? Sharpton has been vocal in his support for Gay, stating that her resignation is an attack on all Black women and an assault on the health strength and future of diversity, equity, and inclusion. He even announced plans to protest outside hedge fund manager Bill Ackman's New York office. Ackman, who played a significant role in Gay's ousting, offered to sit down with Sharpton to discuss the situation. But it's Sage Steele's response that's really drawing attention. Can you elaborate on that? Steele has been critical of Sharpton's response, saying he pretends that he knows what every single person of color in this country thinks. She also expressed concern over Gay's character, stating it's so much more concerning than the color of her skin. Steele has said she doesn't have much sympathy for Gay and doesn't feel the need to stand up for her because of her race. What's been the reaction to Steele's comments? There's been a mixed response, Stephen. Some agree with Steele's stance, while others believe it's important to stand in solidarity with Gay due to the racial threats she's faced. Regardless, it sparked a significant debate about race, character, and accountability in high-profile positions. 
It's a complex situation with many layers. Thanks for helping us unpack it, Helena. All right, that wraps up our stories for today, and we appreciate you tuning into Current Radio. We'll see you back here tomorrow.